0: Welcome to the Happy To Be Me Podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Stacy. Come on a journey with me to find out what it means to be happy to be you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Happy To Be Me Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Hio North, and would you like to say hello to everybody?
1: I do. Hello, everyone that follow and love Barbara Stacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Would you for like to introduce me? yourself? So everybody knows who you are and what you do.
1: Yes. So my name is Hio North and I am a certified life coach and I am a divorce and discipleship coach. And how I came to, to be where I'm at is that about a year and a half ago, I found myself going through my own separation. And, um, and I have to say that that was like the best thing that ever happened to me. And I know this sounds crazy. And your, your, your listeners don't have to listen to me, but I would go through that experience again because of what I came to learn about myself and about God that has shifted my whole way of being, especially through my separation with my spouse.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. So tell me a little bit about some of the things that you learned.
1: Um, so I would say that one of the first things that I learned was how much God loves each one of us and this this realization, I mean, it, it seems so obvious, right? But when you're going through a separation, you have a hard time thinking that God could love someone that you really, really, really despise. (laughs) (laughs) Like intellectually, I knew it, but in my heart, I just didn't. And I remember one evening it was. I don't know, maybe two, three months within my separation, I remember getting really snarky with God. And I said, you know, you said that there's two great commandments that we are supposed to like follow. The first one is to love God. And the second one is to love others as ourselves. And I said, I can do the first one. Like, I love you like that. There's no question about that. But the second part, I don't know how to do that. How can I possibly love this other person? I, I just cannot even like fathom that thought. And I just couldn't feel it in my heart. And that now that I think back on it in hindsight, I really believe that the spirit really nudged me to say that prayer even, even though it sounds so crazy and snarky, because that was the beginning of God teaching me what it meant to be loved by him. And not just for me personally, but for my, my spouse. And I call him my spouse still because we're still negotiating. And so the divorce isn't final. But as I have been allowing myself to be curious about God's way of loving. He has really opened my eyes to how he sees me as his divine daughter and how he sees my spouse as a divine son of God. And because of this experience, actually because of the many experiences that he's shown me, um, it has really, really brought in a lot of grace in the separation process because, you know, I've had several friends that have gone through that were going through a divorce, like when I was going through my separation and it was, it's messy. Like I heard the messy stories. Yeah. And I saw the messy emotions and I'm not, I'm not saying that in any way of judgment at all, you know, like when we're in the thick of it, we're in the thick of it. I get it. But deep down inside, I just did not want that experience. I just felt that there was a better way of navigating it, at least for me, Okay, maybe not for them, but for me, I wanted it to be different. And I think that that prayer that I prayed about challenging God's love and those two commandments was the beginning of having a different experience with my separation.
0: That's fascinating. How did you get to that point of that prayer? And then where did you go from there?
1: Um. I had to be really honest with him. (laughs) Like, I don't think I had a lot of love when I was saying that prayer. I think I was kind of a little upset, a little angry, a little bugged. Oh, understandably um, so. (laughs) Yeah. And confused. And I just, I just remember just being, just, just saying what was like on my mind and just being really, really, really honest with him. And I have found that that it has been those times when I have been vulnerably honest with them that the revelations started coming in a really clear and concise way. And so when that came, um, he began to show me, okay, who I was, but he also began to show me who my spouse was, like who he was in the pre-existence, why he was here, and what the end of the story was going to be like for him. And so when I saw that none of us, especially he and I were lost, then I really began to really practice my faith in my savior and in my heavenly parents. And one of the biggest things that, um, that I was asked to do in regards to like stepping into that realm of unknown faith was that he told me how to navigate my separation agreement. And that's huge for anyone that's gone through a separation and divorce. That's big because this is basically a legal battle. Like you have your attorney, he has his attorney and it's like game on. We're ready to go and fight this out, you know? And like the worst case scenario, you go to court you pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to stand in front of a judge and to be at his mercy. Like that, that could have happened. And yet he told me concisely, these are the things I want you to accept. And that was really hard, but I couldn't deny that. And at the same time, there were other things where he's like, you don't have to accept this. And this is how I want you to approach it. And so he showed me how to do that. And instead of going to my attorney and through his attorney in the separation agreement, I actually talked to him, like talked talk to my spouse face to face. And I told him, I just want you to know that I, there are some things about the separation agreement I will accept and I want to let you know why I'm accepting them. And at the same time, I want to let you know why I'm not accepting other things, but I want to just let you know where I'm coming from. Like, I don't want it to my attorney, to your attorney, then to him. And he was willing to, to be open to that. And that was seriously the beginning of like us, like beginning to reconnect, like on like a, um, on an amicable level.
0: Yeah. If this was a movie, you'd be back together again, right? Yeah, we would be. Life doesn't work that way. But clearly life doesn't work that way, (laughs) no. Well, this month we have been talking about, on this podcast, we've been talking about frameworks and how frameworks tend to help us figure things out, you know, whatever the process is. So what kinds of frameworks did you use during this process and are you still using to keep this amicable divorce to keep this divorce happening amicably because i i assume that unless something miraculous happens yeah. the divorce is going to go through yeah.
1: yeah yeah for sure and i have come to the point where um if that happens like i'm totally okay with it and i'm okay, i'm okay with it because like you said i have a spiritual framework right and this spiritual framework has been the foundation of what I'll later be talking about, about my women's group and the framework there. Yeah. But the framework that I was really, I was really faithful in following was that I had a daily connection with God. And how I did that was through like what my client calls prayer writing. Mm -hmm. And that I actually realized that when I am able to write my feelings down, that I noticed that God had a way of taking my pen and writing down his responses. Hmm. And I know that sounds crazy probably for some of your listeners, but seriously, like it works. And so, so that's something I just made sure I did every single day was that I would be journaling and taking some time to really drop into my spirit and, and write write the impressions that were there. Sometimes it was words, sometimes it was a phrase, sometimes it was a paragraph, actually. And mm-hmm. I would just write it down without judging it or thinking about it. And so that was something that I did religiously every day.
0: Yeah. Another I, thing
1: that I did. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I find that that's I find that writing things down gives you more than I mean it puts them down on paper. It makes them real. And then you it can does. take a look at them and say, okay, is this something I want to keep? Or is this something, how does this make sense? And it it just, I find that writing or even I have friends who are auditory learners, they'll just call me up and talk to me and yeah. they figure it out because the back and forth, you, you get it out there, you either hear it, you put it on paper, whatever it is, you get those feelings out there and you can, or even those thoughts out there and you Absolutely. can take a look at them and it makes them so much there makes them concrete and then it makes them something you can deal with instead of just spinning around in your head and not even half the time knowing what you're thinking
1: absolutely so, yeah. and I mean, and it's so easy to forget you know those thoughts yeah. yeah and so when we're writing them down it's almost like you're writing your your spiritual footprints mm. you know you're just recording them they're like your own personal scriptures yeah and so that's something that i just that I really clung to. Um, another thing that I've really clung to was is making sure that I was being coached regularly mm-hmm. and just having another coach, like for me to just, when I couldn't figure things out, because sometimes in those early days, I was just spinning so much, even with the writing, that I really needed another coach to just dump my brain out, mm-hmm. sift through it and just see the thread of truth And then all the other stuff that I didn't need. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like what you were saying. It's like, we get to look at them.
0: I think it was episode. It was one of my early episodes where I talked about winnowing grain. And I remember seeing uh, people with a big basket full of grain and the chaff and everything that's with it. And they just would toss the grain up in the air to blow the chaff away. And that's what, that's what I feel coaching has done for me is you get down to the nuggets. Okay. Here's the actual thoughts. And the rest of them can just blow away because they're, they're not, they're not useful. It's, you get to the, to the meat of the the problem or the grain, you know, the, the, just the kernels of truth that are in there. And that's something that yeah. you can work with.
1: Yeah. I love that, um, that imagery. And sometimes when we're too close to the grains, like sometimes we can't, We can't discern what to keep and what not to keep, which is what is so great about a coach because they just show what our, our choices and options are. Yeah. So I love that.
0: During some of the most difficult trying times in my work life. Yeah. If I hadn't had coaching, I don't think I'd have a job right now. So I I've been very blessed by having a coach talk to me and say, okay, this is what I see. That's happening in your mind so what do you want to do about it they don't tell that nobody's ever told me what i need to do they just let me figure it out and it's been such a blessing yeah just having
1: someone like to talk to that's not a friend or or a family yeah someone who is neutral who doesn't have a stake in any of it right Mm -hmm. and they're just saying okay here's a platter of thoughts and options and choices
0: yeah yeah What do you want to do about it? Yeah. So I love that. There's no emotion attached to it because they're not in the thick of it with you. No.
1: Yeah. No. It's enough that we're in the thick of it.
0: (laughs) We don't (laughs) need to bring any more in. (laughs) Yeah. Like
1: no more. But yeah, that was that was so life changing. Yeah. And then the other thing that I noticed, I didn't notice this before. But when I was actually going back into my journals, like from the earlier days up till pretty present, was present, was that I noticed that in almost every one of my journal entries, I was giving gratitude. Oh, wow. Like I would just take the time to just get into that place of gratitude and to feel grateful that I felt God's presence, or I was so grateful that I had a home, or I noticed a miracle and I would... Um, And I would mention that, you know, I'm like, thank you so much. Or I'm so grateful. Or this friend called or this friend stopped by and dropped a loaf of bread or just any little thing. I was, I think I was hungering for, for like God to to recognize God in the details. And so when I was able to like really slow down. And see him in the details. It was so easy for me to express gratitude. And when I'm able to to express gratitude and be in that thought and that like mindset, Mm -hmm. then that I was really nurturing the love of God. Yeah. And as I was nurturing that love of God, and I'm like, as I'm talking about this, it's like I'm seeing more clearly like how like I've been blessed. Then as my love of God began to expand. like it just becomes to overflow and then like you can't help but like see how much God loves you. and then I began to like really nurture a place of self-love. And I think that was also a daily practice was I was nurturing um, self-love for myself. And then from there, like magically, <laughs> I couldn't just use that word magically, that love began to spill over to my ex to my spouse yeah like it just I w- I couldn't I it, was, it wasn't anything I wasn't like intentionally telling myself okay today I'm gonna practice loving him 10 more percent you know today I'm gonna practice loving him. it was nothing like that hmm. it was as if like you have this big cup that's like labeled the love of God and it's overflowing so, and then it goes to you it's like love of self and then that's overflowing and then from there you're loving the other person yeah and it just was this cycle that i could tell i was like living into like almost every single day
0: yeah it's interesting how the way that we treat other people says more about us than it does about them and so when we're filled with love toward another person it means we're loving toward ourselves yeah it's such a beautiful place to be too
1: it is. And just from the outside, it doesn't make sense though.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: Like, it, Cause we have like, and I, I see this from personal experience. Cause I'm like, Oh, I had the blinders on. Like <laughs> I am no saint whatsoever. <laughs> like I knew I had the blinders on, which is I think why I was really reaching out for God's hand. Yeah. Cause I knew I needed him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a scripture that has been instrumental in creating your framework.
1: Yeah, it has. And, um, just a little bit of, of background on this. So I found the scripture oh, late last year. I had this, um, I had this impression that I needed to study the book of Alma mm-hmm. and, uh, normally, when I read from the Book of Mormon, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and one of the Book of Scriptures that we believe is another testament of Jesus Christ is the Book of Mormon. And normally, whenever I have picked up this book, I've always started from the very first book, and the first chapter, and the first verse. Like it's, I've always done that. <laughs> but this time, I just felt a pull and a tug to begin to study the book of Alma, which is about the center, I think. And as I have been studying that, I ran across a very particular scripture and it is in Alma chapter 23, verse six. And in this part of the story uh, of the book of Mormon, there is a missionary of Christ by name of Ammon. And he and his other disciples went and decided to preach to a people called the Lamanites that didn't believe in Christ. And yet, Ammon and his friends, his disciples, they were filled with the love of God. That they were compelled; they felt a desire and a need to to go and be missionaries
0: to these people. And these people were their enemies.
1: Yeah, they were enemies, and they had fought in the past generations upon generations. Yeah. There was so much animosity. Mm-hmm. There was, I guess, you could call it a a divorce in the family. Yeah, <laughs> like there, you know. <laughs> A separation and divorce. And yet he was compelled to do this because of his own love of Jesus Christ. And long story short, they were able to convert many of the Lamanites to the church of Christ and for them to begin to worship being the one true God. And so as Ammon is talking about this experience, you know, looking back and talking about this experience, he, this, these are some of the words that he says, and as sure as the Lord liveth, so sure as many as believed or as many as were brought to the knowledge of the truth through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation and of prophecy and the power of God working miracles in them. Yea, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, As many of the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away. And the reason why that scripture just jumped at at me was because I could clearly see a framework where you can go from a simple belief to a full-on spiritual conversion towards a Christ and a father in heaven. And the, f- the four cornerstones that I call it or framework that I saw in this is number one is the preachings of Adam and his disciples. In other words, that we believe in the words of prophets and apostles that have been called of God to come down upon this earth and to minister to us. Number two, that we believe in the spirit of revelation and of personal prophecy. In other words, what we are meant to do in our lives. I also call it foresight. Sometimes God will show us what the next step is or what he wants us to do and what we're meant to do. Um, Number three, that we recognize the power of God working mighty miracles in our lives. So in other words, we take time to see the miracles, to see God in the details, okay? And then number four, That from all of this, we go from belief to conversion, meaning that we don't fall away. That we are converted and committed to Jesus Christ. And as I read that, I saw how that that framework was why I have been able to do what I've been able to do, is that I clung to the words of prophets and apostles, not only the scriptures but in the latter days
0: Hmm.
1: i began to really tap into the spirit of revelation i began to see god and his power in my life and to recognize miracles and i have found that i went from a simple belief to an actual conversion like this is now the bedrock of my faith and when i came to that realization i knew that this there was something magic up about this framework and when i came to realize just recently that god wants me to create a women's group called the woman at the well where women especially those are going through separation and divorce can come together at the well of living water and to really dive into the principles of jesus christ mm. following this framework yeah that we can go from a shaky foundation that's filled with conflict whether it's conflict with god it's like why is this happening conflict with christ like i thought you're supposed to heal me conflict with the ex-spouse conflict with whoever going from place of conflict to choosing
0: christ and to be converted to him mm. at his feet yeah. How does that change conflict?
1: It changed conflict in that, How do we wanna say this. It's no longer conflict, meaning that my for me, my story completely shifted. Hmm. And that what I perceived as conflict was actually not conflict at all. But it was actually an opportunity. For me to be able to exercise my, my faith, my covenant in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so with me, the conflict was suiting up, armoring up, feeling like I was in danger, feeling mm-hmm. like I needed to like pick up my spear and get my like armor on. Yeah. Versus relying on Christ and letting him be my armor, letting him be my spear, letting him be my champion. But what's so fascinating is that he does it in a, in a higher and holier way. Yeah. At no time did he ever tell me to, to talk down to my ex-spouse or to take things away from him that was not right, or that was not duly mine. There were times where, where God had to reprimand me. Like, I at one point I wanted to ask for more, and he Mm -hmm. said, No, he says, You made a commitment to this amount, and you need to honor that commitment. And I had to take a deep breath, (laughs) put my big girl pants on, and say, Okay, you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And so it was just those ways where I found. That Christ was really my champion. And actually, he was actually my ex, my spouse's champion
0: as well mm-hmm. in the process. That's a beautiful thought. A beautiful thought. When you turn things over to a higher power, to God, to Christ, to whatever your higher power is. It takes you not out of the picture, but there's so much more that you can do. With Jesus Christ or with God, than you can do on your own, yeah, because you're yoking yourself with infinite, with the infinite when we our understanding is so limited. And who knows why you were told to not ask for more? was that it was probably merciful for you and for your ex? Yes, who knows? I mean, yeah. I guess one day you can ask that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, so why not?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in our limited mortal thinking, we we just don't, we just don't see things. Yeah. But when you connect and with the infinite.
1: Absolutely. I,
0: I love the, the framework that you've got here that your first was a daily connection with God. And then you had a daily 30 minute writing practice. And you expressed gratitude in that practice and then your daily practice of self-love which brought yeah. you to all the other frameworks and now you're creating this group for women yeah. who need that kind of support and love through a time in your life when you don't get married to get divorced none of us do Absolutely. that and it's yeah. got to be life-shifting never having gone through it myself, it's got to be life shifting because it's not what you expected. And so how do you deal with that? And this is a beautiful framework to help people deal with that. So yeah. how can people find you?
1: So they can go to my website, which is heonorthcoaching.com, which is H-Y-O-N-O-R-T-H com or you can follow me on Instagram, which is heonorth underscore coaching. And then from there, I have links there that you can book an intro call with me because I I love to connect with other women going through separation and divorce. Like mm-hmm. that was the one thing that I just repeatedly told, told, um, told God is, and, and don't get me wrong here. Like I always prefaced it with, thank you so much. You're in my life. Thank you for tutoring me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for like holding my hand. Thank you for reprimanding me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I I also would say, but sometimes as a human being in a mortal body, I want, I crave connection. Yes. Like I just wish I knew someone else that was going through what I was going through,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that was asking the same questions and that was having similar spiritual experiences. Yeah. Yeah but I just didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone because I just wanted to just kind of like bounce off ideas and thoughts and experiences. Like, yeah. have you had this experience? Have you had this experience? And, and so that's what I want to create in this container of the woman at the well is a place where we can come together and really focus on, on our one common belief, yeah, which is, in the atonement of Jesus Christ yeah, and of our savior and how to tap into that heavenly power that we are promised. Mm. Because yeah. we are all, especially going through a separation door, there's so many questions, so many options. Seriously, there's so many options that it can feel overwhelming. But mm. what if, what if you could have access to the one true God who has all the wisdom and the direction as to where you need to go, like what the next step is. Hmm. Like, can you even imagine how that could change and begin to change another woman's experience of their separation and divorce?
0: Yeah. Because when you're in the thick of it, and I've seen this with my friends who have, who have had an unexpected and, and unwanted separation and divorce and how they really have needed that kind of support from people who've been there. Like you've been walking this path for a year and a half. Yeah. And it would be so beneficial to those who are just starting out to have somebody say, Hey, I feel, I know what you're going through. I know, you know, I know that some of the similar, some of similar things are happening. And this is how, it's not that you're necessarily a guide, but that you're a safe place for them to land with all of their garbage because you've seen it all and nothing surprises you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. We'll put where you can find Hio and where you can look forward to seeing the women at the well, which I think is fantastic. I may, I just may join it and I'm not going through a separation. (laughs) Please come. Yeah. (laughs) There is power in women. Like
1: yes. I really believe that we are one of the pivotal untapped resources and it is no one's responsibility, but our own to come together and to really begin to take a hold of our divine inheritance. Yeah. Like it is our job.
0: Yeah. And I think and that we, we don't, have. we don't know our own power No. Because society has kept women kind of in the background. Yeah. We're starting to come out and girl, we're making some inroads, aren't we?
1: Yeah. And we, it's time. Yeah. I just really believe that it is time to start gathering. So I'm
0: excited. I'm excited. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been delightful. Well, there you have it. If something piqued your interest, feel free to join me at happytobemecoaching.com. That's happy, the number 2, the letter b, m e coaching.com. I'll see you next time.